G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigal and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, Is It Relevant Today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as typewriters? Our show today is a bit of a continuation of the show aired two weeks ago. If you'd like to see a video presentation of that show and this one, please go to our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? and click on Repeating History and Repeating History Part 2. But just as a way of revision, last time we had a look at the signs that God gave to the antediluvians of the upcoming judgment. We found out that God raised up a prophet named Enoch, and he gave a prophecy through his son, Methuselah. We discovered that the name Methuselah means, when he dies, judgment, or when he dies, it shall come. Methuselah was actually a time prophecy for the coming flood. We also found out that Enoch walked with God, and this no doubt would have been seen by those around him. They would have acknowledged him as a prophet of God and they would have seen him go up to heaven because we're told that Enoch was and then he was not for he walked with God. This would have no doubt strengthened him as a prophet in the minds of the people and they would have focused on the prophecy of Methuselah. Just before Methuselah's 850th birthday, God raised up another prophet and his name was Noah. He told Noah that in 120 years' time, a flood was coming and instructed him to build an ark. And we also looked at what it would have been like just before the flood came. No doubt a number of people would have believed that this judgment was about to come. So we asked ourselves, why didn't they get on the ark? I play the events over in my mind what it would have looked like just before the flood. The 120-year prophecy would have come to a finish. Methuselah would have died. Now, Jewish tradition tells us that this happened 10 days before the flood. And if this was the case, this would have been just three days before the doors to the ark were shut. And then in one last act of desperation, God sent the animals into the ark two by two. The people would have been looking around and saying, These are most definitely strange times. And we asked ourselves, why didn't the people get onto the ark? We discovered that one of the founders of the Adventist church writes that the reason they didn't get on the ark was because they were unwilling to renounce their sins. Now, we are living in the days of Noah now. In fact, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus tells us that as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Matthew 24 is filled with end-time prophecy. However, in Matthew 25, Jesus gives three parables that also relate to the end times. We'll have a look at one of these just after this song.
Is it relevant today? You're listening to Marius Jigel, and today we're having a look at one of the parables about the end time found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 to 13. It reads, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming! Go out to meet him! Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for you and us. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you do not know neither the day nor hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Today we're going to examine this parable verse by verse. Now, in the first verse we discover that there were ten virgins. Now, what does a virgin represent in the Bible? Well, if we have a look at 2 Corinthians 11 verse 2, it reads, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I promised you to one husband to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. In the Bible, when one is called a virgin, it represents purity. In fact, in the book of Revelation, we have the virgin which is dressed in white, which represents God's true church, and it is compared to the harlot or the prostitute which is dressed in scarlet, which represents the corrupt religious system at the end. Notice that in this parable, all of them were virgins. They were all pure. We're not told that there were five virgins and five harlots. No, all of them were virgins. They all had purity. They all desired to serve God. The next thing we find out in verse 1 is that they took their lamps. So, all of them took their lamps. Now, what does a lamp represent in the Bible? Well, if we have a look at Psalms 119 verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The lamp here represents the word of God. And notice that all of the ten pure virgins, they all had the word of God. The phrase sola scriptura comes to mind, which means based solely on the Bible. The next thing we find out about them is that they all went to meet the bridegroom. These were all Christians awaiting Jesus' return. They were based on the word of God and they all were pure in heart in their desire to serve him. We find out in verse 2 that five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Now notice it doesn't say five of them were wise and five of them hated God and wanted nothing to do with him. No, it doesn't even say five of them were wise and five of them were corrupt or sinful. The only problem that they had was that they were foolish. They didn't really think things through all the way. And we find out in verse 3 what their problem was. It reads, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Their problem was simply that they didn't prepare for the future. In the Bible, oil represents the Holy Spirit. And here we can see that the foolish virgins, they had some oil in their lamps, but they didn't have any backup. You see, they were open to the movement of the Holy Spirit in their lives, but they weren't studying God's word daily. They weren't preparing themselves to hear what God has in store for their lives. In contrast, we find in verse 4 that the wise ones took their vessels with their lamps. 
And while the bridegroom was delayed, we're told in verse 5 that the foolish virgins went to sleep. Actually, this isn't what we're told at all. We're told that they all went to sleep. Verse 6 tells us that at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Let's go out to meet him. And verse 7 says, Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. I want you to notice that they were all virgins. They were all pure. They were all based on the word of God. They were all awaiting the coming of the bridegroom. They all had lamps. They all had light in their lamps. They all were earnest in their desire to meet the bridegroom. And in verse 7, we find out that all of them arose to meet him. They were all expected entry into the kingdom. The only difference was that some of them didn't have enough oil. You see, they were all open to the movement of the Holy Spirit, but some of them not really enough. Now we find out the serious problem that they had in verse 8. Stay with us after this song and we'll explore it.
thought of me above all. Thank you, Lord. You thought of me and you gave your life for me. That's how I want to be, Lord. Keep you first in my heart. Oh, above all. Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigal, and today we're having a look at the signs that were given to the antediluvian world of the coming judgment, and we're comparing those to the signs that are given to us about the judgment to come. And we're specifically looking at the parable of the ten virgins. And we've so far discovered that they were all virgins. They were all pure in their desire to follow God. They all had lamps, which means they were all based on the Word of God. They were all awaiting the coming of the bridegroom. They were all awaiting Jesus' return. They all had some oil in their lamps. And when the bridegroom came, they all expected to meet him. The difference between them, we found out, that some of them didn't have enough oil. Now, we found out that oil represents the Holy Spirit. And we discovered that some of them just didn't have enough. They had some, but they didn't really have enough. In verse 8, we see this problem being played out. And it reads, And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. You see, these five foolish virgins were used to being spoon-fed all the time. They weren't really used to seeking God in their own time. They weren't used to spending time with God daily. They were used to going to church, listening to a good message, and then going on about their lives. They weren't used to actually making an effort to get to know God, to allow the Holy Spirit to influence their lives. I was thinking this and how it plays out today. Today we have access to a number of great speakers through the internet. And I realize that this can be a blessing or this can be a curse. As you listen to a good speaker preaching a moving message, as it is presented to you eloquently, if your heart is open to the movement of the Holy Spirit, when an appeal is made, when your heart is touched, You are open and you allow the Holy Spirit to bring you closer and closer to God. In this scenario, it is a blessing to listen and hear speakers which are eloquent. However, this can also be a curse. Some people listen to these eloquent speakers and as an appeal is put forward, they resist the Holy Spirit. Now in this scenario, having a good speaker can actually be a curse. Because when the message is presented, when the Holy Spirit is moving on your heart, and when the message is presented eloquently, then it takes more effort to resist the Holy Spirit than it would if the message wasn't presented so eloquently. The people who hear these appeals and then don't move on them are in fact in a worse off position than they were before. They would be better off if they never actually heard this message. Because now, when they have rejected the movement of the Holy Spirit, they are now further away from God than when they were before. And when a similar message is presented again, they've already set a precedent of rebellion and they are less likely to respond positively to the movement of the Holy Spirit. The foolish virgins had this problem. They were used to being spoon-fed, but they weren't used to allowing the Holy Spirit to make changes in their lives. We find out in verse 9 that the wise answered by saying, No! Why would the wise ones not offer help to them in this desperate situation? We'll find out just after this song.
let me go Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? You're listening to Marius Jigel, and today we're having a look at the parable of the ten virgins. And we're currently asking ourselves, why didn't the wise virgins help them out with a little oil when they were in such a desperate scenario? In verse 9 of Matthew chapter 25, we're told, But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there shouldn't be enough oil for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. You see, godly character cannot be transferred. You cannot give someone a godly character and you cannot receive from someone else a godly character. 
You need to allow the Holy Spirit to influence your life daily to accomplish this type of character. The wise were simply saying, we're sorry, we can't help you out in this scenario. If you haven't developed this character by yourselves, there's nothing that we can do for you. In verse 10, we're told that while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. You see, just before the flood, seven days before the flood came, the door to the ark was shut. And then it was too late. We will also soon reach a point in time when probation will be closed and everyone will have made their decision. A time when God will say, He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is evil, let him be evil still. This is the point that was reached in this parable. And in verse 11, we find out something interesting. We're told that afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open to us. As I was reading this, it occurred to me that they fully expected the door to be opened. It never crossed their minds that they wouldn't be allowed into the feast. However, one of the saddest phrases found in the Bible is found in the next verse, in verse 12 of Matthew chapter 25. And it reads, But he answered and said, Assuredly I say to you, I do not know you. Jesus says to them, I do not know you. You see, they hadn't spent this time to get to know God. They hadn't allowed themselves to develop a loving relationship with God by daily study and by daily surrender to His will in their lives. And they were told, I don't know you. You haven't allowed me time to get to know you. And I can almost see them responding, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You see, these foolish virgins were used to being involved in the church. They were used to helping out those in need. They were used to coming weekly to church and even participating in the service. But they had never truly allowed the Holy Spirit to transform their character. And when it came to the crunch, the response was, I never knew you. I want you to notice that all of them were virgins. They were all pure in their desire to follow God. They all had lamps. They were all based on the word of God. They were all awaiting the bridegroom. These were Christians awaiting Jesus' return. They all had some oil. They all were open to the movement of the Holy Spirit, at least to some extent. They all fell asleep. They all rose up to meet him. And every one of them expected entry into the kingdom. The problem was that five of them didn't have enough oil. That was the only difference between them. One of the founders of the Adventist Church writes, The class represented by the foolish virgins are not hypocrites. They have a regard for the truth. They have advocated the truth. They are attracted to those who believe the truth. But they have not yielded themselves to the Holy Spirit's working. Their problem is that they haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to change their lives. It continues saying, They have not fallen upon the rock, Christ Jesus, and permitted their old nature to be broken up. Their problem was that they haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to change their old nature. This is the similar problem to the antediluvians who believed that the judgment was coming had, which was they were unwilling to renounce their sins. Now, how does this relate to what's happening in our world today? We'll find out just after this song. I know I have let you down so many times before Yet you come to me in mercy And is 
deserving lost now found Your love begins to pour When you surround me with your mercy Just when I feel my way is lost And need some light to see Just when I would have given up You go and mercy me Mercy me when I'm falling Mercy me, hear me calling Mercy me like raindrops falling Pour your grace out on me Mercy me when I'm hurting Mercy me so undeserving Mercy me when I'm dirty Wash me clean Oh my Father, mercy me Oh my Father, mercy Mercy me, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, Lord. You are God and I am not, I'm nothing without you and your incredible mercy. Desperately Than I need the air I breathe Father, fill the air with mercy Just when I feel I can't go on About to sink beneath the sea Just when I think the end has come You go and mercy me Is it relevant today? Right here on Faith FM. You're listening to Marius Jigau, and today we've discovered that just before the flood, God gave the antediluvians many warning signs of the impending judgment. We've also found out that right now, the signs of Jesus' return are being fulfilled right before our eyes. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verses 38 and 39, He says that from the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. 
I look back to what happened just before the flood. And I think of the signs that people had. Methuselah is getting old in age. Noah had been preaching the judgment to come. The ark had been completed. And then, in one last effort for God to wake up the people of that world, the animals start trickling into the ark. And I'm sure that the people would have looked around and thought, these are strange times. One of the founders of the Adventist church, Ellen White, writes that many first appeared to receive the warning, yet they did not turn to God with true repentance. She tells us that people believed that this judgment was impending, and they looked around and saw the signs, but, well, something happened. This is what we are experiencing in the world today. I remember when I first heard about coronavirus, and my thoughts went directly to end-time prophecies, as I'm sure many of your thoughts went as well. As the restrictions were being placed and travel overseas was no longer allowed, many people thought, these are strange times. And they would have thought about the signs of Jesus' return. But as time passed, we've kind of gotten used to it. Nothing is really different anymore. We're used to social distancing. We're used to staying at home unless we need to go out. We've gotten used to it. Much like the antediluvian world just before the flood came and took them all away. Now, why did this happen? Many of them believed that the flood was coming. Many of them believed that the judgment was about to happen. Why? Why didn't they get into the ark? The reason they didn't get into the ark was because they were unwilling to renounce their sins. During the time lapse before the coming flood, their faith was tested and they failed to endure the trial. And the reason they failed to endure the trial was because they were unwilling to renounce their sins. I wanted to ask you today, is there something that's holding you back from being fully prepared for Jesus' return? You see, the problem that the Christian church has is not that it's unenlightened. It's not that it doesn't know about the signs of Jesus' return. I'm sure that many of us know about the signs which I just shared. And to you, they've just been revision. We've heard them before. It's not that we don't know what's going to happen. It's not even that we are willfully ignorant. The problem we're facing today is insistent, deliberate rebellion against God. We're just unwilling to renounce our sins. We know that these things were about to happen. We see the signs all around us. And we somehow thinking in our mind that we will get ready at one point. I'm sure the antediluvians thought the same thing. However, we continue to persist in a willful rebellion against God. We think, yes, I know we should forgive, but I just can't let go of what they did to me. They don't deserve forgiveness. And you know what? You're probably right. They probably don't deserve forgiveness, much like you don't deserve forgiveness from God either. But we choose to hold on to this bitterness instead of becoming prepared for Jesus' return. Some of us struggle in the family. The relationship we have with our partner is not one that reflects a godly relationship. And we look at our children. They've often left the church and we wonder, why? Why, Lord, why did they leave the church? We only have to look at our relationship with our spouse. The children see this as the product of our Christian beliefs. If you, believing in God, has led to this kind of defective relationship, then why would I want to have anything to do with your God and your church? And they leave the church. And we know we should fix these broken relationships, but we just don't want to let go of the bitterness. We are willfully rebellious against God. Others of us are struggling watching things that we know that Christians shouldn't watch. We watch things filled with violence and sex scenes, things that we know are not fit for Christian consumption. But we are unwilling to renounce our sins, unwilling to give these things up and prepare for Jesus' return. Now I wanted to ask you today, 
Is there something that's holding you back from being prepared for Jesus' return? Are there sins that are holding you down? Jesus is coming very soon. What we're experiencing today is the proverbial animals walking onto the ark. And the world is thinking to itself, these are strange times. We need to have our bags packed and ready to get on that ark. We need to be ready to go. I wanted to ask you to make a decision today. If the Spirit has been touching your heart and saying, there's this thing that you're holding back, let it go. Let it go and come be prepared for my return. As we close in prayer, if you've heard God's voice speaking to your heart today, I want to invite you to make a decision to renounce the things that are holding you back from being prepared for His return. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the signs that you are giving us. We know that you want us to be prepared for your return. We know that there are also some things that are holding us back. Lord, we want to give you these things. We want to invite you into our hearts and help us to overcome these things that we may be prepared for your soon return. We're looking forward to the day when we can see you face to face. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where we have video presentations on many topics including Signs of Jesus' Return and the one we've just been talking about today called Repeating History. We look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Marius Jigau. God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day. Jesus, I surrender all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily.
surrender listening to is it relevant today if you have any questions or comments please leave them on our facebook page is it relevant today but for now thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you next week i love to tell the story twill be my theme in glory to tell the old old story Of Jesus and His love